This is Cami. And this is Madeline. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number 10. Shh, it's a secret. Facebook group, that is. Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? So, Cami, there are three types of Facebook groups open, closed, and secret. Let's talk about it. Cool. Yeah, there are. And a lot of people don't even know that there are different types, first of all. And secondly, you may wonder when to use the different types and what each type really means whenever you use it. So I've used all three different types and you use them in different ways for different kinds of applications. For example, I've used secret groups a lot for influencers or people like that, that we want to have very private conversations and we're pulling together a group. So if I invite them very specially into my group and I don't want a whole lot of other people seeing that they're a part of that group, because if people see that they're part of the group, they may request to be added as well. So that brings me to the closed groups. For a secret group, you have to be friends with those people to add them. You have to actually be personal friends on Facebook with your personal profile to add people to your secret group or they have to be a friend of somebody in the secret group that adds them. You can also, you know, make sure that you get the final say as the administrator, whether those people get in or not as well. Then a closed group really is also similar in that not everybody can get in without permission, but people can see that other people are in those groups. And sometimes Facebook will recommend groups to people on the sidebar. On the right-hand sidebar, you'll see from time to time, and maybe you haven't noticed it, but start to notice, it'll say, maybe you might want to be a part of one of these groups. And you'll see a bunch of your friends' faces on a group. And then if you click on, you know, request to join, then all of a sudden a pop-up will come for the admin that says this person wants to join your group. And that admin can make a decision whether they're going to let you in or not. So really for a course or any kind of thing like that, that's the best way to go because you are not going to be a personal friend with somebody who's a new customer of yours. Now, what that does mean is that people will ask to be let into the group and you're going to have to tell them no, but it also gives you an opportunity sometimes if you can get through to them to tell them, hey, this is a uh, private group only and this is how you join it. And they can, you can redirect them to a page where they could join by joining up with your course or whatever it is. And then finally, there's an open group and open groups are really interesting and you have to really watch them as the administrator of them because anybody can join an open group. You see it you click on it and you're instantly in. And where I saw these really being successful over the years was for a long time, all these little communities, like say the city where I live, Houston, they would have the Houston exchange group. And that group would have people putting up their sofas and say, I have this for sale. I have that for sale. Well, it was so successful that Facebook copied it. And now it's been you know, brought into the platform as a whole. So you can go up to the shopping tab on Facebook now and see all of those things in real time. So they kind of shut down all those other groups, I guess, in a sense. But if you have like a business, like a small business, an open group might be a great thing for you to have fans come by and talk about your business, but you're going to have to watch it because you'll have trolls and all kinds of other people that pop by too. So you need to make sure you keep your eye very carefully on that open group. 
Now, same thing with all the groups as a administrator, you're going to have to watch these groups. You're going to have to connect with the people in them. You can't just open a group, set it and forget it. And some people have done that and have paid for it dearly. Or some people have even grown their groups to thousands and thousands and tens of thousands and found that they were really overwhelmed with that really important piece of it, which is to administer the group and make sure that the trolls don't take over and people trying to sell things and just all kinds of people that don't know really how to use a group properly. Right. I've had uh, some great experiences with Facebook groups, you know, going back to my Go Girls music community that we've talked about in several episodes. I had two groups. When groups first came out with Facebook, I started an open group that was really a free-for-all. I mean, that's really, you have to heavily moderate it. And then I started one that was private for the my Go Girls elite. So those were my paid members. And over the years with my paid members, pre-Facebook, I would always find ways to bring them together, usually through my website with a tool or an app or something. When Facebook groups came out, I really saw that this could be a powerful way to bring your community together because over time, everybody joined Facebook and it became perfect. So I loved it. I didn't have to heavily moderate it because it was a much smaller group. These were people that really were vetted in a way because they paid to join the community. So like these were people that were committed to the organization and to the mission. So they didn't get on there and spam the community. But the open group, that was a whole different ball of wax. I mean, I started it and musicians would come in there and just post their shows. And it basically became like this message board to post your shows. And I let it go for many years and didn't really moderate it much. I just wanted people to have a place where they could do that. But you have to really think about what is your purpose? What is your goal with a Facebook group? And how does that tie into your mission? Right. And when you think about bands and musicians posting their you know local show to this international group, right. it, it's almost laughable because yeah. you don't have the right audience there. And so you have to really think about it too, as a participant in a group of what you're really going to get out of it by just putting up a link. I mean, most people will just pass by it and think of you kind of worse because of that. So really what groups are about is connecting with each other and growing a community, which is what we talk about on this podcast, right? So I've grown a number of, of small communities like this as well. One for my growth hacks for women group. And in there we share like some big challenges that we're having. So it's more of a mastermind type of thing. It's a closed group, not a secret group. So I have had to deal with people asking to get in and it has been somewhat of a boon because I can reach out to those people and tell them, hey, you know, we this is what we do with this group. And to get in this group, you're going to have to be a part of this this online you know, course that we're going to do. And so it's helped to grow my audience really that way. And I asked them to get on the on the mailing list first so that they can start to see that. And you can do that. A lot of people do. They make sure that you're enrolled in their course or that you're on their mailing list before they will let you into the group. And I would recommend that if you do something like this, that you really consider making that uh, prerequisite for people to actually give you their email address in exchange for the community aspect, because that lets you also reach out to people beyond the Facebook algorithm and make sure that they know what's going on in the group on a regular basis. And that'll bring them back in to the group because sometimes, you know, they aren't going to get notified, especially if you're not their friend on Facebook, whenever you post into the group they are not going to get a notification necessarily unless they turn them on very specifically. So, um, and most people, frankly, don't know even how to do that. You can do that in your settings, but it's 
tough. You know, it, it's an extra step, right, for people. Yeah, so. I usually in, you know, you can have that little about section that's on the right mm-hmm. sidebar. And I usually put information about that in there. But I have a question for you. So mm-hmm. you're talking about having this private, small private community as a closed group. Why do you do it as a closed instead of secret? Because for like my private Facebook groups for my courses, I make them secret. Like I don't want people to find it through a search on Facebook. I don't, I don't want, because if it's secret, basically it doesn't exist. Nobody will see it. So why have you chosen that route? Just out of curiosity. Sure. Well, I will tell you, I do have secret groups as well. But one of the reasons why is when I, when I did a brand community, I built a community specifically for a brand. And what was great about that, it was an influencer community, is that other influencers would come along and see that this person was a member of that influencer community. And they'd be like, why am I not a part of that community? And so, yeah, it was a little bit of FOMO. It also helped people to know that it existed and that it was an actual thing, right? So it wasn't just this. And it had a little bit of an extra bump for the brand too, because people would see that that person was associated with that brand. Right, right. right? Which is good. That's good. Sure. Yeah. So for brands, I think it's a really good idea to keep it closed. Right now for Texas Travel Talk, our community is secret because we're still kind of in early stages. I'm not sure if I will keep it secret forever, but right now that we're in early stages, I want to keep that secret because we do a lot of professional development and things like that in the group. So that's one other thing that I've done a lot with secret groups is I actually do training inside of the group. Um, I, and I use, you know, I use a tool to get in there to do that because then I can record that and I can keep it. And also I can have guests come in. So I use blue jeans for that at the moment, Mm -hmm. but I can record that, keep those, those recordings for later. And I can also have people that aren't a member of the secret community come in and present to my community without having to join it. So, cause I mean, they don't really belong in a, you know, blogger influencer group necessarily. So it's been a really great way to really foster a very close relationship with people. When people are in a secret group, they feel like they're in like the the in crowd, you know, if you will, for that particular thing. But, you know, one of the things we've talked about a lot is obviously we want to make this podcast a community as well. And so why don't you tell people what we're doing? So uh, we're starting a Facebook group. (laughs) That's like surprise. (laughs) Yeah, surprise. We started a Facebook group. It only makes sense. You know, one of the great things about doing this podcast with you, Cami, is that, you know, we're both practitioners. I think that's the reason why we become good friends, uh, not just colleagues, is that we are so much alike. We don't just preach things to preach. We preach things that we have learned, that we are practitioners of. And we want to make this podcast something where we are learning too. As I mean, we definitely have a lot of experience. You and I both, I mean, gosh, I've been doing what I've been doing for 21 years. I, I know a lot about online community building. You do too. But we're also learning every day. And I think it's cool that, yeah, let's start a Facebook group and let's see what we learn from doing that and you know, having it associated with this podcast. So I'm really excited that we're doing this. Yeah. And we'll tell you at the end to go to our show notes and look this up, but hold on that because I want to talk a little bit about what you want to do in communities to make it valuable. So if you have a community and you decide to start one, what are the things that you need to do to kind of make it valuable, do you think? Well, you got to make it something that's worthwhile and part of the mission. You know, I think too many times people veer away from their true mission and you don't want to do that. You really want to make it where people get something out of it. With my Go Girls Elite, I mean, these were musicians that 
paid a fee to join, be part of the community. And now they're in the Facebook group and it becomes like a mastermind. It becomes this place where people help each other and you can't put a price tag on that. Like that, that's, I think the secret sauce that comes out of a really good group, you know, where people are like, I have to come on here every day just to see what people are talking about. And I want to be a part of this. And that is always amazing to, to be the one starting it and overseeing it, but to step back and just watch and let them do this is amazing. Right. And so part of it is making it an environment where people feel really safe to post the things that they're thinking and their questions and their thoughts. Certainly like daily posting or close to daily posting is something that has to kind of happen in these Facebook groups. It depends, of course, which group you don't have to necessarily do it every single day, but there needs to be a posting kind of schedule. So people know what to expect. Just the same as you know, a podcast is we put this out every week on Wednesday. That's our commitment. And we continue to do it and churn it out every week. And so, you know, same thing with groups, people have to know that you're going to be there, that you're going to show up there and that they can find you there. Also, you have to make your content super valuable in the sense that, you know, it's stuff that people really need to know and want to know. So I think that for communities that convert, one of our goals will be to really put stuff in there to help people grow their communities over time. So that's really great. And also, if group members are friends with each other, that's even better because then they can connect with each other and support each other in their endeavors. And so it's a really great thing to also have there is that people becoming friends in the group. And by the way, when they do that, and I've been in groups where this has happened. So I guess the one that was really kind of valuable for me on this level was Todd Herman's 90 day year group. Whenever I met some friends through that group, we all became real Facebook friends. And so when they post into that group, I still get notifications. So I'm constantly going back to that group, even though I'm well beyond the course, you know, at this point, I keep going back into the group to see what they're saying or who they're talking about or what's going on. And it really is a great, it's a really great way to keep connected with people. So I love that idea too, is that a group is a great place to really form lifelong friendships. Absolutely. I mean, that's definitely, you know, the big benefit from there. I love what you were saying before about seeing the notifications of Facebook friends within a group. I think that's such a great way for that group to stay top of mind so that, you know, maybe you do forget to go in there and it's been a few days, but then you get that notification. Like I'm on the She Podcast, which is a great group. You're in there too, right? Didn't you? Yeah, totally. Group? Yeah, it's a great group. So great group for female podcasters. And Kirsten Oliphant, who we love to talk about. all. I think, you know what? It's almost like this could become a drinking game. Like, will they say her name on the podcast? And we're not trying to, it just <laughs> pops up, right? But Kirsten is part of that group and she's very active. And I don't always remember to go in there every day, although I should, because it's one of the best daily groups of just constant, great information that'll help you be a better podcaster. But when she posts in there, whether she's comment, this is what's great. It doesn't matter if she posts something, if she replies to somebody or she likes it, I'm going to get a notification. And it's really become priceless because as her Facebook friend, I really like her and respect her. And I want to see what is she liking or what is she commenting on? And many times that will draw me in to go also like and comment. So I just think Facebook has done a phenomenal job of like looking at the psychology of things. Because really that to me had to have been like, let's look at the psychology of people on Facebook and how can we make it a better experience for them? And that has certainly made it a better experience for me. Yeah, and me too. And also 
going back to the beginning a little bit, you can also put a post at the top of the group that you can pin to the top that allows people to know what the rules of the road of the group are too. One of the things that people really want to do a lot is to like to share their latest thing. And that usually is a pretty big no-no in most groups, but some of the groups and even Kirsten, let's talk about her again. I love that drinking game idea. That's great. I know it's funny. Anyway, Okay. um, They've said her name twice now. Take yeah, it, take another. Don't take worry, another. we're going to have her on. You're going to hear from her soon. I am see? so excited. I know. We're going to interview her. Yeah. Yes, she's all set. But what I was going to say about that is that you can say, have a sharing thread once a week or once every whatever. Yeah. Um, like sharing Sunday or whatever, Sunday, you know, fun day or whatever you want to call it. But you can have that so that people can get that out of their system. They can share, share, share. And it is kind of nice to see everybody's stuff. So if you get that one sharing thread, you can look through it and go, wow, that's cool. You know, that's awesome. She podcast uh, is really big with that. Like they have like Windbag Wednesday. So I love that name. Windbag Wednesday, where you could post your most recent podcast episode that's out. And it is cool because I could go through that thread and discover people that I wouldn't have discovered before because you don't want people randomly posting these things. It doesn't serve the group. But when you allow them to have something once a week like that, Maury Smith is really big with that. Pat Flynn seems like a lot of the big industry influencers out there are doing this. And, and the thing is, we're not trying to invent the wheel with any of this or, is, you know, look to see what other people are doing. And that will give you ideas to make your group the best it could possibly be. Right. And I totally love what you just said that don't reinvent the wheel at all times. You know, I mean, definitely put your little spin on it and that's awesome. But understand the psychology of people. The psychology of people is that they want to share their latest thing. And so let them, but do it in a way that's conducive to the group. A Um, controlled, a controlled thing. Yeah. That makes everybody in the group happier because they, people, when they come to the group, don't want to see the latest podcast of 15 people unless they do. You know, and if they can go to that thread and look it up, that's the best, you know, and then they can move on from there and see what they really came for, which is to find out, you know, what's the latest tips? What should I be knowing about? What have I not thought about lately? And what do I need to know, you know, about this particular topic? So if you have a topical group, especially make sure you keep it on topic. Um, (laughs) And I also would suggest, honestly, that you don't let it get too big. And I'm. I'm going to be really honest about this. A lot of people were having this big race to the top with how many people they could get in their groups. And they were just adding everybody to the same group. And what happens is that you lose complete control of the group because so many posts are going in so fast that you can't stop it. And it's really hard. I know of people that have had to hire administrative assistants to help them weed through all of the issues with right. that. And, and, you know, do you want to be paying somebody, you know, 10, 15, 20, five, even $5 an hour from Fiverr? Do you want to be paying somebody $5 an hour to be going in there like three or four yeah. times a day to make sure that people aren't violating the rules? Then you become kind of like the nanny, you know? So you want to make sure that, you know, you have a group that are like-minded and you talk about from time to time, what's the accepted behavior in the group. And the group will follow that accepted behavior, especially since they don't want to violate the friendships that they've formed there. So make sure that it's small enough to be friendly in my mind. And if it starts to get really, really big, break it up, come up. I mean, if there's that many people, you need to maybe have a mastermind that's a paid mastermind and like, you know, shuttle some of the people that are in that group off to somewhere else. So I would suggest that you, and I don't have an upward limit in my mind, but you know, when you get too much past, you know, two or 3000, you're starting to get 
in oh, that territory. I'm thinking more just like keeping it in like two, three, four hundred range, like find that sweet spot. With my Go Girls Elite, it usually hovered around 400, which was perfect. Because first of all, not everybody's going to join, you know, just because they're a member of something. I mean, even for my online training course, I have one for my Twitter Smarter Masterclass. I would say only maybe 50% will come be a part of it. Most people, you know, or I'm going to say most, but a lot of people don't want to necessarily be part of the Facebook group for whatever reason. So finding that number that works for you. And I, 400 was so, like 350 to 400 worked great for me. So. Yeah. Well, you have to have enough that you'll get them in there and that you have a, a, a big enough group. Cause I mean, if you only like say have a hundred or 30 or 40 or 50, it's really hard to keep it going. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's a, there's a um, thing called Dunbar's number. I don't know if you've heard about Dunbar's number. No. You've heard about that. Well, Dunbar's number is, and I'm looking up exactly the number here is the number of people that you can reasonably know in your life, you know, like in your circle, like that you actually know, know them, you know, like you could, you could call them up. They'd pick up the phone when you called, um, they, you know, a little bit of something about them and it lies between a hundred and 250 people. So well, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, that number is not accurate for me because here's something interesting. Facebook for a personal profile, they cap it at 5,000. And yeah. they've said long time ago, they said, you cannot possibly know more than 5,000 people. Now I've been building mine up since we were all able, you know, the post where it was just the university crowd where the rest of us could join Facebook. I've been on it for a long time and I was well known in the music, independent music world. So I was having a massive number of people joining my personal profile for that. And then as I was really getting into social media and getting known as a social media marketer, lots of people in the, in that area joining. So I've been at the 5,000 limit for years now. And I've often wondered, do I possibly know all these people? And what I'll do, Cammie, like if I go to a conference, I just came back from Portland, Maine for a great conference called Agents of Change. You meet new people and you want to add them to your Facebook. But when you're at the 5,000 limit, it becomes this big headache. You have to go delete people. You That's have to really actually, hard. it is very, I've written an article about it a couple of years ago because it is hard. And here's something that's really funny. So I have to do this a couple of times a year and I will actually post on Facebook. Hey, I'm having to clean out my profile. I'm going to have to delete some people. I'm really sorry. I'm just trying to make room for some new people I met. Here's the psychology of just saying that. I don't know why, but there are people that panic and they go and unfollow you because uh, one of two things, either they fear you're going to do it. So they want to do it before you do it. Okay. So you know how it is. Like I'm going to break up with my boyfriend before he breaks up with me. Right. So there's that, or there are people that are just nice and are like, I'll step aside. I'll make room for her. Cause she's got people that are important. She wants to add. So I will immediately get like 10 people that just unsubscribe or just unfollow me. It's so funny. But what I do, Kimi, I go through, I look and I go, okay, I certainly don't know all these people. And I will scroll through page after page after page. Now, mind you, I'm not like the typical Facebook user. I have traveled all over the country. I've been to so many conferences, so many events. I've met so many people in person. So I actually have met a good number of these people or I've conversed with them online. So I go through this, I'm like, I can't delete anybody. I know all these people. Now, not to what you were saying were, oh, pick up the phone. 
Although if I message them and say, hey, you want to have a phone call with me? I'm sure they would say yes. But it's interesting. I, and I, I wonder how they come up with that number, Cami, with Dunbar. Well, and then it's, how really, Facebook it's, come up? it's really about your neocortex and what you can do inside of your own brain. So this okay. is not really so much about how many people follow you and how many people you've met in your life, because I certainly have met many more than 5,000. Absolutely. 000. So yeah. That's not really the issue. What they're talking about is how many people do you, before you don't have a cohesive group anymore? Okay. Do you see what I'm trying to say? That so this makes is about, sense. Yeah. This is talk about cohesion. Okay. So how do you have this cohesive group around you? So yes, everybody's argued for years about whether Dunbar's number is correct or not correct. But what I will tell you is that generally speaking, humans do better when they have the ability to look across the, the sea of people in front of them and feel like they're part of that group. Do you know what right. I'm saying? Like they see themselves in it. And so generally speaking, I mean, I'm not saying you can't go beyond 250 people in your Facebook group, but I'm just telling you that once you go past that number or, you know, significantly past that number, realize it's going to change the game about how that group runs. You right. know, it's going to be less Absolutely. about, it's going to be a less about a group of friends and a lot more about, you know, yeah. more business-like. So just know that I'm not saying that it's bad. Just know that okay. that's what it is. And I know that there's a lot of people out there preaching to have big groups and then that's a good way for you to launch your next thing, you know, and I see their point, but I'd rather much rather have a big email list than a big group, if that makes sense to you. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> now, are you going to put the link to this Dunbar in the show notes? Will we have that in there sure. so people can check it out? So in the show notes, we'll have the link to that. I'll also put in there the link to the article I wrote a few years ago about I think I titled it something like, you know, I have 400 and 999, you know, Facebook friends and I can't add any more or something silly. And like, I talk about how hard it is to deal with that if you're at that level with Facebook friends. So let's talk about tools real quick. Yeah. Tell me about, there's some kind of tool out there that can help you with, because I have never used a tool. I just use, you know, Facebook actually doesn't really give us much with yeah. stats. So tell yeah. us a little bit about that. So that's why I like this tool. And I learned about this tool. Well, I learned about it from Todd Herman, although he didn't tell me about the tool. He was just using it in his group. And I like backward engineered it till I figured out what the heck it was. Anyway, it's called Gritix, G-R-Y-T-I-C-S. And Gritix hooks up to your Facebook groups. And it also allows you to schedule messages for your Facebook groups as oh, well. Oh, nice. Okay. It's not that you can't do that with Buffer. Yeah, you Buffer. Yeah, Buffer and Hootsuite right. can do that. But what I love about this is that it goes into the group and it tells you how many people are, are active. It'll give you the percentages. Really? It'll also make you a wall of people like that you can look at and see who's the most active. So you can post a wall nice. um, like once a week, once a month, whatever. And that says, these are our most active members. Thank you so much for all your activity. And some of it's about people that are called influencers. And those are the ones who post something and a lot of people respond to it. Right. And then there's another group that they call, and I'm trying to remember, but it's basically people who are helpful. You know, they, they're engagers, engagement. Right. And so you can actually do like a really cool wall that shows all the people that are engaging and all the people cool. that are influencers. So it gives a little bit of social proof as well. And it also kind of, you know, in some groups, it works to get people really engaged. Like they get really excited. They want to be on that leaderboard, so to speak. Uh -huh, right. So I love Gritix. And it also tells you what percentage of your overall group is active. So that's really nice. helpful. So you, you know, you can look at it and say, well, you know, I'd like to drive that up. I have a goal of getting that number up to, you know, 50% or instead of, you know, 20% or whatever. So I do love that it has some analytics with it. That to me is the big selling point. It's not 
free, but it wasn't that much either. It was yeah. What does it cost? Is it you know, it isn't super pricey and I can't remember exactly the cost, although I do pay it, but I can, okay. I can put that in the show notes. Yeah. I we'll put in the show, show notes. notes. We take the notes for you, everybody. So if you're driving or jogging or you're doing something out and about, don't worry. You don't need to pull off on the side of the road. Just go to communities at convert. Yeah. Don't yeah. <laughs> go to communities at convert.com. And we always have awesome show notes for you with links to everything we talk about. Yep. We sure do. And I hope you guys take advantage of those really. So yeah. the other thing that you might want to look for when you're putting together a group is you don't have to do it all yourself either. You're going to find that there's going to be a certain number of people in the group that get very active. And so you want to be, make them your ambassadors, work with them, send yeah. them private messages and talk to them, see what they're wanting to do and willing to do to keep the group really exciting. And I know that lots of groups out there I've been in have had like basically these gatekeeper ambassadors that just pop up out of nowhere. They're just the personalities are all about that. And they get something out of it too, because they can become very well known. Right. With the community. Absolutely. So definitely you want to look for an ambassador for your group as it gets bigger. You don't need it probably until you're past that two two fifty point. So if you think about the Dunbar's number and think about 250, maybe, you know, you could double it to 500 if you have two people like helping to run it, you know, so you have to right. think about that too. Think about that though. I, and I would say, that having one admin for every 200 people is a really good idea. Yes, absolutely. It's a great idea. And it's not hard to select people. You just look at like, who are the super fans? Who are the ones that are very active? I guarantee you, you reach out to them privately and say, hey, you know, would you like to be the moderator? Would you like to help me? They're going to say yes, because they will be honored that you invited them to do it. Yeah. And yeah. also um, you can give them some things that you don't give other people. Like you yeah, can say, Hey, perks. you can have, you can have access to all my courses whenever I launch them because you're one of my super fans and you will be able to go out there and tell people about it. So, I mean, you can do stuff like that, that really is very helpful to them too. Sure. So we are totally out of time again. We just like talk about such great things, Kimmy, that I don't even really notice the time. It just it's just amazing. This is so much fun. I really want to just shout out to you. Like, I really enjoy doing this podcast with you. I think that I feel like for those that are listening, you get to be like a fly on the wall to our conversation, right? That we're just talking about communities, different aspects, tips and tools and things. And that I feel like we're providing a lot of value and helping people. Well, I certainly hope so. And if you do think we're adding value, please, please subscribe. And also, if you don't mind telling a few people about it, that would be awesome. We'd love that. We always would love that. And definitely um, talk to us on Twitter or Facebook or anywhere that you can find us. We will be so thrilled to talk back with you. And we've had some of that. It's been really great. So we're I We're listening. Yeah, yeah. We're always paying attention. Yeah. So we do have an action that we want you to take. Because every to time- action. Yep. Yep. Got to have, have a, a call to action. action. And by the way, that's what you all need to as a call to action for every single thing. On our show page at communitiesthatconvert.com, we will have a big old link to our new community. And we're going to ask you to join there. And we are going to ask you for your email address, if you don't mind, so that we can let you know when we have new episodes. And also, we will not use that for any crazy reason, because we totally value our community. We do. And we hope that you will choose to join us in Facebook and have a nice conversation. That's awesome. So until next time, we will see you out and about online. Take care. 
Hey, this is Madeline, and I want to let you know you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar. That's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat, and that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cammie through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Communities That Convert.